My name is Mary Parker, and welcome to this episode of Eureka's Sounds of Science. I'm joined today by singer, songwriter, and patient advocate Gracie Van Brunt. Formerly based in Los Angeles, Gracie moved back to the Boston area before the COVID pandemic. She's the recipient of the 2013 Rare Champions of Hope Patient Advocacy Award from the nonprofit advocacy group Global Genes. At age two, she was diagnosed with a rare disease that I'm going to let her pronounce. And even before the pandemic, she was an expert at social distancing. She is here to share her story and her art. Welcome, Gracie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. What an amazing introduction. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being here. We're, I'm really excited. This is going to be fun. Yes, I'm so, so excited. Yeah, me too. All right. So can you tell me about your disease and how is it pronounced? Yes. So it's called Schwachmann Diamond Syndrome, like a Walkman, but just with an S and then diamond, just like a like a diamond gem. And then syndrome. And um, it is a very rare disease that only affects, I think, around like 5,000 people in the whole world. Wow. And I was diagnosed when I was two, and now I'm 25. So it's a genetic chronic disease that is currently incurable, but we are working on a cure for it, which hopefully can be developed soon. Mm -hmm. um, it is also life threatening. So the main aspect of the disease is your bone marrow. And a lot of patients with SDS, as we like to abbreviate it, have bone marrow issues where their bone marrow fails and um, we don't have enough blood counts, really. Like we don't have enough platelets, not enough white cells and not enough red cells, which basically makes up your immune system. Right. Um, so we get sick a lot quicker than a normal person would. And we are also a lot more prone to getting leukemia, um, which is a blood-related cancer. And so the point of getting a bone marrow transplant would be to eliminate that risk. Let's start to talk about this and dig in. Uh, can you tell me about your song, Run, Run, Run? Because I'm kind of obsessed. It's pretty great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, Run, Run, Run is a song that I wrote about my disease and having to live with it and confront it every day. And um, the first line is, my disease does not define me, but recently it's all I can see. And that is because... Three years ago in 2017, I got like a huge um, Epstein-Barr virus. I just got really sick from having the Epstein-Barr virus, which kind mm -hmm. of like was the catalyst to me getting my bone marrow transplant two years later. And so it's kind of just about having to actually confront my disease head on, which is something I haven't had to do for a long time because... You know, growing up after all of my hospital stints, um, I got gradually better and I was able mm -hmm. to kind of just like put my disease into a little box and leave it there and kind of live my life as a normal person. And so when I got this Epstein-Barr, 
in 2017, it was a huge, huge hit to my system. I was extremely sick for a few months, and that ultimately led to me having to get a transplant. But up until then, I, you know, I could like be a normal teenager and like do normal activities and um, not really have to put a lot of emphasis on my body or my health. But right. because of this catalyst, I'll say, um, it really, really forced me to take my disease out of that little box I had it in and really, really face it. So the chorus goes, and I run, 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 just like I've always done, and I leave it alone, but I have nowhere else to go, which is me really just like having to confront the fact that, you know, I'm still sick. I will never be a normal um, biotypical person and I have to do this transplant for like to better my own quality of life and just focus on my health more than anything. So that's pretty much what it's about. And then like a little fun fact is I had already written it before I got the news about my bone marrow transplant. Um, so I had my doctor's appointment on December 24th. 2018, which is like, yay, Christmas time. This is such great news. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so I had my doctor's appointment and I already had like a little demo of this song done because um, Louie is my boyfriend and he's a wonderful producer. And we had already been working on um, some songs for my upcoming EP. And then we had already done this one. So the first thing I did when I came home was I actually just listened to this song to make me feel better mm -hmm. because it's just like it was just the best remedy for me because it is exactly how I felt in this like little compact song. <laughs> yeah. Tell me what it's like to write a song like this. Is it does it feel cathartic? It's so incredibly cathartic. It's just every emotion that I have about my transplant process and like living with my disease is I just put it into a song and it's so cathartic and like I hope that it can help other people not feel so alone and um, just know that they're not the only ones feeling like this and that we can just like all get through this together. Absolutely. So what can you tell me about your career apart from this song? Because I understand that you were working in L.A. and have been working since you've been in mm -hmm. quarantine back here. So what is it that you do? I am a singer-songwriter and a top liner. And what that means is DJs and producers will come to me with their finished instrumental track and they will need melody and lyrics and vocals on top of it. So I provide the melody and lyrics and vocals for them. And that's what's known as a top liner. So I've been doing that for the past three years. And it's been so much fun for me to be able to collaborate with different people and to be able to re release these songs together. I'm also just my own artist. So I have an EP coming out and it's going to be um, five songs and... It's called Day Zero, and I really love that title because the first day that you get your bone marrow transplant, it's medically called Day Zero because your body starts over, like your whole immune system is completely 
restarted almost as if you're infant again. So they call it like day zero. (laughs) And then when you're cleared, um, the days just go up. Like I think right now I'm on like day 363 or something. Um, But I just thought that was a really cool title because it's like a fresh new beginning and a fresh start and kind of just really, really accurately just titled my all of my songs because they're all about this and they are just really special to me and I'm really excited for people to be able to hear them. So day zero for you was, it was Christmas Eve 2018? Day zero for me was the day that I got my transplant, which was June 14th, 2019. All right. Yeah. And so that since then, I suppose you've had to be that's when you had to come home. You had to be isolated. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden COVID came. Oh, gosh. What yeah. has that been like? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I wrote all these songs about my quarantine um, experience, about my disease experience. And one of them is called Limbo. And the, the tagline is living in limbo feels like hell. And I wrote that kind of like about my quarantine experience and about just like having to like the hurry up and wait mantra. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I feel I never, ever was I expecting anybody to be able to relate to that in the exact way that I felt. But now everyone's here. Like yep. everyone's in quarantine and everyone has to follow <laughs> the same precautions and everyone has to like have this dark cloud of the coronavirus hanging over their heads. And I just like, I'm so baffled sometimes because like everyone is literally in the same boat that I was in for so long. Like I had all of my friends hitting me up being like, oh my God, Gracie, how are you doing this? Like you've been here for nine months and I've only (laughs) been here for one month and I'm already going crazy. Oh God. It's so true though. It's so funny how it's become yeah. an a worldwide sort thing. of ubiquitous, you know, uh, experience yeah. that we've all had now. I know. And you're kind of the unofficial expert on it. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, it's kind of funny because like I was, I had to go through multiple courses and multiple um, talks about how to get through quarantine and like what to expect and how to keep your environment and your body safe and sanitary and like you know I always had to wear masks when I went out in public I always had to carry hand sanitizer and wash my hands like do all that stuff and like it's just really nice to see everybody um, having to take those precautions and like just educating themselves more on like what germs actually are and Mm -hmm. how they can keep their own families and their own bodies safe. And it's like, oh my God, it's just like such a relief to go somewhere and and, like wear a mask and not be looked at like I'm a crazy person. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's funny to think about. Obviously you would never have wished this situation on the world. Oh no. But on the other hand, it has made people probably more, uh, empathetic about yeah. not just you, but anybody who has to have a bone marrow transplant or anything that's going to affect their immune system. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, everybody's kind of an expert in how to accomplish that. Right. So that's yeah. that's good, I guess. <laughs> in You know, I'm always a positive person. I like to look at the positive aspects. So that's kind of just what I've been focusing on. You know, obviously, it's a lot bigger than that. But that's kind of I guess you could say a positive aspect of all of this. 
obviously things are a lot more grim, but that's kind of what I've been taking away. And it is annoying for me sometimes to see people not following precautions or like not taking this as seriously. But, you know, I just try my best to educate people in a way that they can understand. So speaking of educating the public, what is it like being a patient advocate? It is really rewarding and very fulfilling because I just, I love helping new families and helping new patients who have just been diagnosed or who are confused about how they are supposed to go about their daily lives. And Mm -hmm. it's really nice to be able to, in my own little way, give back to my community and be there for the people who need it the most because, you know, I I got that same treatment growing up and Mm -hmm. my mom had to go through so much with me and it just, it makes me feel really good when I can be there for somebody else and help them through really, really tough times because it can get really tough. And, you know, you just need people in your corner who understand what you're going through and and who have gotten past that point to be able to provide some advice and just some support. So it's mm-hmm. been really rewarding. Well, I imagine for rare disease, it's especially important because there's just no way that a doctor is going to be able to be versed in every rare disease. So oh, yeah. having a patient who knows the ropes on your side mm-hmm. and can give advice of that nature seems like it would be invaluable. Oh my God, you don't even know how many times I've been to the doctor or a new doctor and I tell them, yes, this is my disease. It's called Trockman Diamond Syndrome. And they go, oh, okay, let me go Google it really quick. I'll be right back. And I'm like, okay, I don't think you're the right doctor for me. I'm going to go. <laughs> so to have, you know, people that actually understand what's going on. They've been to the doctor. They know what to say. My mom has been on the board for SDS before. She did a great job and she is really, really versed in all of the medical knowledge. And it's just been really nice to have her as a resource, not only for myself, but for the whole community. And just as a rare disease patient and or as a rare disease parent, You just you need to know how to talk to a doctor in such a different way than a biotypical person, because you can say, hey, this is what's going on with me. Something's wrong. And the doctor isn't as well versed in your disease. Right. As, you know, a a typical disease. So you kind of have to know a little bit of the lingo more than a typical person would. And. I'm just really happy to be there to help people through that because it's very confusing and very complicated. And mm-hmm. um, absolutely, yeah, I'm I'm definitely one to always want to help someone through that because I know it can be very challenging. Yeah, and it's there's patients and there's you know uh, parents of patients and there's also siblings of patients. I had a guy on talking about his brother who has uh, Duchenne's muscular dystrophy and they've had a similar problem with doctors Mm -hmm. because not everybody knows exactly what he needs. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if there's any kind of unrelated medical issue, they need to be there and inform the doctors and all that sort of stuff. So I can understand how that would be good to have someone in your corner. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, if you want a perfect example of this, three years ago when I was dealing with my Epstein-Barr virus, 
I was supposed to be on a family vacation, but so I was in Florida and I still had a huge fever. I still wasn't feeling well. And my mom took me to the hospital, to the ER. And, you know, I don't know any of these doctors and they don't know me. So they were a little confused. And so they took my blood, you know, just as a standard procedure. They ran it through their machine and they come back and they tell me that I have leukemia. And I'm like, this is not accurate. And so luckily, my mom, being the boss that she is, (laughs) was like, excuse me, this is not accurate. Like, this is not anything near what my daughter is going through. And I need you to do this again. And so she had to call in our own hematologist to go over these blood labs. It's a perfect example of Right. When, as an SDS patient, as a person with a rare disease, you need to know what to look for. You need to know that the difference between having actual leukemia and no, these are just what my lab results always look like. So that's a perfect this, yeah, example. This is normal like, for me. Yes, this, it's 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 really shitty. It is. It's you know just something that we have to look out for as patients with a rare disease, unfortunately. So being able to be there for people who are going through similar things or the same thing is really helpful, not only for myself, but for them, because it's difficult. And, you know, I just want to be there to tell them, like, hey, things are going to get better. Like, it's usually parents with small children Mm-hmm. who have just gotten diagnosed, reach out to me because they see how well I'm doing and they see that I'm 25 and I'm a young adult. It gives the parents hope in knowing that, you know, this isn't all their child is going to be. There is hope for them to get better and for them to lead a normal life. And I'm just, I'm so grateful that I get to have that platform to talk to parents and just younger patients because I just want them to know like you don't have to let this define you. You don't have to be totally confined to just thinking about your disease. You can be a normal person and do everything you want to do. Uh-huh. And I that's just really special to me that I get to share that with people. Yes, that's amazing. So can you tell me about the trend community? How did you get involved with them? Yeah. um, My mom, a few years ago, she was starting actually her own business called Rare Disease Perspectives. And she ran into Maria at a conference. I'm not sure which one, but they just kind of hit it off. And and Maria invited my mom to be a part of what was her new company at the time, which is Trend Community. And they've been working together on it ever since. And it's just been a really good experience for my mom to, you know, find somebody else who has a child with a rare disease and they get to do this really fulfilling work together. Your mom sounds pretty boss. She is I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast, but she's a boss ass bitch. Like she really is. (laughs) Like she will. She has just been the most incredible mom in all of this because she really, really stepped up. Like she was like, I'm going to do all the research. I'm going to go to all the conferences. I'm going to get involved in the community. I'm going to be the president of the SDS Foundation. Like, I'm going to do all this stuff and I'm going to raise all this money. Like, she really, really stepped up to the plate. And I'm always going to be so grateful for that because Mm -hmm. I know, like, 
a few other families with different rare diseases and you know their their families like don't even know where to begin like right. it's they're very just, overwhelming like, i imagine it is it is very overwhelming to have to deal with all this and so like some of the people i know who also have rare diseases or maybe their siblings too or their parents too they just my mom has just approached it in such a different way um and in in such a proactive way that for me she sets such a good standard for me to take care of myself and I'm just like so grateful mm-hmm. to her for that. Is she your biggest fan of your music career as oh well? My God. <laughs> <laughs> well she's my mom so yes. yeah. <laughs> she's always like lovey how do I share this? Can I click <laughs> on it? How do I pre-save it? And she's like I already emailed it to all of my friends. <laughs> like, mom, it's not even out yet. I need you to like calm down. She's like Oh, but I'm just so excited. (laughs) She made one of my songs called Stupid into her ringtone. And it's been her ringtone for a whole year. And every time it plays, she's just like, oh, my God, did you? This is your song. When is it going to be a hit? Oh, my God. Thank she's like you. missing calls because she just keeps listening to the ringtone yeah no <laughs> like sometimes it really will happen i'm just i just think it's so funny but yeah she really has been like such a big supporter of me like not only with my um disease but like with my music and just like just like everything she's just mm-hmm. she's great mom i'll just say that <laughs> all right so what's next for you? What have you been working on during not just your quarantine but then later the whole world's quarantine well um <laughs> Just like on a side note, now I actually have been cleared of my recovery. So I'm. Oh, congrats. Thank you. I'm very excited about that. So now I have exited my own personal quarantine and now I am part of the societal quarantine. Yay. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a little anticlimactic, but you know, I'm just grateful to be cleared. But in my own personal quarantine this past year, whenever I had the energy, I would always be working on my music. This year, I have released two, no, three, three songs. One of them has gotten over 100,000 plays on Spotify. The other one has gotten over 50,000 plays. And I've been fortunate enough to have been connected with a couple of labels and I've just really been focusing on my top lining career and that's Mm -hmm. what I've been doing this past year. And it's been so nice to be able to have some success in my music career while I am recovering just because it's like kind of the only thing that keeps me moving is working on my music. (laughs) So it's been really nice to have some success in that area. And also I have acquired a manager and I have been getting some paid work. So it's been it's been very nice. That's kind of what I've been working on in my quarantine. Well, good luck. And I wish nothing but the best for you in your career and in California. Thank you so much. (laughs) What a journey. What a crazy (laughs) journey I've just been on. (laughs) And it's not even over. Oh, man. Well, 2020 has to end at some point. Oh, I know. I'm <laughs> just waiting. <laughs> it's like living in limbo really does feel like hell. And now mm-hmm. everyone's here. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we will play your song out. Oh, my God. Yay. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, thank you so much, Mary, for having me. This was so fun, and I can't wait to hear what comes out of it. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me. 
If you enjoyed this episode of Sounds of Science with Gracie, check back on Eureka for more stories from young adults with rare diseases. In their own words, these people, who are all part of the Trend community, share their experiences living with rare diseases. Their stories can be found on eureka.criver.com. That's eureka.criver.com.